0: This is David O, and you're on the D-Side. Welcome to episode three of the podcast from Guy Fans of Duran. We're here in the D-Side studio talking to Notoriosaurus, also known as Michael, also known as the Big Thong Guy, talking about Duran Live. So welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here just want to first ask a little bit about just yourself in general since we really only know you from twitter tell us about yourself before we get into the duran live experience all right well um i'm only
1: 23 years old uh, might be surprising considering my taste in music and the beer that i have um uh, a lot of people have always asked me questions like you know michael how old are you or you know what do you do i actually don't do anything too exciting i work at an overpriced retail store to be honest with you which i won't name because if they listen then i'll get in trouble and that sort of thing but i work at a store like that and i'm doing what i can to spread the gospel of 80s
0: music so (laughs) okay so uh you recently saw duran duran in vegas what 48 hours ago is when when we record this Mm -hmm. um but let's talk about your first time seeing them which if i'm not mistaken was april 15th 2016 Is this correct yes it was that was at phillips arena in atlanta part of the right in the middle of the paper gods tour what do you remember what do you think your first time seeing them what was going through your head
1: it was an interesting experience because when i first got there i thought i was the only i I wasn't used to seeing so many different duran shirts and merchandise everywhere (laughs) so the second i got to the city it was just everywhere i looked Somebody was in a Duran shirt or in a hat or something from like th- that they were back in the 80s. And I felt weird just kind of sitting there and seeing everyone. Everyone's like, hey, good shirt, man. I'm like, hey, thanks. Like, <laughs> is this normal? <laughs> so
0: you were sort of isolated before that? Like, you were probably the only person you knew that listened to them? Pretty much, yeah. And also,
1: I was the youngest one there because I was still, I think I was 19 at the time. So I wasn't old enough to go to any of the meetups because all they were all at bars that I was tuning to get into. Um, so I pretty much, I think I got like a drink of soda, mind you, cause I can't have alcohol. Um, and I sat down at this one, I, I think I got actually to the venue and just kind of sat down like around
0: the area people were like, Oh, Hey, cool shirt, man. So, and weren't you offered alcohol by some, Oh uh, yeah, nice durani lady? It was actually, uh, one
1: of the guys that was selling alcohol at wow. the show. I was sitting there and, uh, he's like, Hey man, you want something to drink? And he's like, what do you want? I was like, yeah, I want some, I want some juice. Some high C or something. He's like, Jews? I don't have Jews. I have, you know, I've got a beer. I can make you a drink even. He's like, oh, I'm not old enough to have it. He's like, well, how old are you? He's like, I'm 19 years old. And the guy shouted. He was like, you're 19 <laughs> years old at a Duran Duran concert by yourself? I was like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so and how many of us can say we've been to a Duran Duran concert by ourselves? I, don't, I know I have never, so kudos for that. So, okay, that was your first show in April of 2016. Then, about a year later... They came back to Atlanta, but you were not at that show. The songs you missed at that show at Chastain, is there something I should know? Careless Memories and Only in Dreams. What did you think about, how depressed were you missing that show?
1: Considering I was in the hospital at that time, I was bummed out. <laughs> but, uh, cause I remember the day that they announced those shows, uh, or the day they announced they're coming to Atlanta was the same day that I got announced to leave uh, for the Navy. Like Literally, like the second I, I, I got off the phone with that recruiter is when they posted that they were coming to Atlanta in April.
0: So like it was wonderful that you are gonna go in the Navy, but mm-hmm. then you're like, you ruined my life because I can't go to this show.
1: <laughs> the funny thing is I actually called my recruiter back. And I was like, so <laughs> is there any way that I can not go as soon? Because I was originally supposed <laughs> to go in May. And he was like, no, you have to go. Like, if you want to talk to the boss, you have to talk to the president. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I got to go. Sorry.
0: Never mind. mind. Okay, so then your second show, which um, was in Vegas, was in uh, December 30th of 2017, correct? Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? How does someone from Atlanta who can't even make the second time they're in Atlanta get to Vegas to see a show?
1: It was actually the help of a really good friend that I won't name just for her, his or her safety. This uh, person
0: knows who they are. Yeah,
1: they know who they are, and I love them for it. Um, but I did meet them uh, just this past time when I went. Um, they were able to help me get the ticket and fly out there to go see them. And it's probably my favorite. No, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely a show to remember, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> out of
0: three of them might be your favorite. So I looked at the set list from that show. Other than the normal Paper Guys tour... Set list that was going on. The two big things from that show were Hold Back the Rain and they played at least a little bit of Universe Alone. Anything that stands out song wise from that show.
1: I remember Universe Alone had a damn good opening. Because it was it was during the Encore, I think. So like after they played Girls on Film, you know they left for a bit to change out and drink water, Do What They Gotta Do. And then when they came back out, the lights just cut off completely. There was it was just darkness. And then the lights did come back on. You just see Simon standing in the middle of the stage and the universe alone, like, oh, intro started playing. And I remember that blew me away. I was like, that is gorgeous.
0: Did you know, had you looked at the set list? Did you know that was going to happen?
1: See, I didn't actively look at the set list. It was just as I was going through, like, checking, like, the news and stuff, I just happened to see, it's like, oh, okay, well, now I know what's coming. But even then, even if I didn't look at it, I still was blown
0: away. Okay. So then the last one was also in Vegas, was just two days ago. And this is this new set list, which is including Friends of Mine, which is great, mm-hmm. Tempted, which is a huge surprise, mm-hmm. and probably by far the most surprising and, and biggest uh, treat is Seven Stranger. Tell us about the last show.
1: So uh, this last show, I actually wasn't supposed to go to it because I had a lot of family issues that were coming up and I didn't think I'd have the money or the time to go. So being able to go was a huge treat for me and hearing these songs in particular was great. But Seventh Stranger was the one I think that hit not only myself pretty hard, but it hit everyone in that theater pretty hard. Because well for me, I've always wanted to hear that song live. Because I was never actually able to be in that tour to see them play it see and of Simon course, in that 80s. You had heard
0: the arena version and all that. So. Exactly.
1: I heard the arena version, I saw the video, which is just as cool, but it, it doesn't it doesn't have the same hit as being actually there and hearing it. Right. So the way Simon introduced it was funny. So Simon asked, he asked the crowd, he's like, okay, so I wonder what song we're gonna play next. I always forget. And then John picks up his set list and walks up to Simon and holds it up in front of his face, and he's like, it's right here, Simon. He's just pointing at it. And Simon gets closer to uh, to look at it, and then John like puts it near his face, and he leans towards him. He's like, here, could you see it now, Simon? And it just made me, like I lost it. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And of seen. course,
0: probably everyone there knew what they were talking about and was dying, and they were just stalling to make it even more exciting.
1: Exactly. Everyone was like, come on, man, just play it, just play it. Um, and then they played it, and at, when they were done, there was not a dry eye in that venue. Everybody wasn't had some kind of tears coming out of their eyes. So. Right,
0: either because they were there the first time, maybe, mm-hmm. or they had watched Sing Blue Silver Arena 40 billion times, like I did, um, or it was just something that you never thought you'd get to hear, probably, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, then, like I said, a... He- almost as surprising for me was that they played something from red carpet massacre so what did you think about tempted
1: see that was a thing because i remember they i, I know that they're not, they're not big fans of the, like the making of the album and even the album itself so when they played it last in miami i was like oh, okay that's that's a surprise i'm cool with that i don't hope i get to hear it and they played it and i was surprised at how well it sounded like i actually the, the plane ride right back i played it over a couple times and i was like this I don't know if it's because they're playing it live, but it gives you a newfound appreciation for it. Kind of like with White Lines. I know a lot of people don't like White Lines, the album version. But once you hear it live, you're just like, you know what, this is a better version of the song.
0: Well, and that's what I talked about in the last episode of the podcast is I like the entirety of Red Carpet Massacre much more after hearing most of it live. So I I feel you there. And then one of my favorites, Friends of Mine. What do you think about that one?
1: Oh, man, Friends of Mine. This was... (laughs) this was intense I did not th- see I didn't think the song was creepy in nature because the visuals that they had oh, that's right the they visuals have- they okay. had for friends of mine it had like Nosferatu was there Frankenstein's monster was there the invisible like just creepy stuff and I was like wait but the song's not creepy I feel like
0: it? maybe they were gonna play Nightboat instead and then they made the visuals for Nightboat or something and then switched it or something because those are some odd visuals for it but did it work live? I mean De- did it feel weird?
1: I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't, freak, I didn't feel weird, but it definitely just, the song was just, it was intense. It was a lot more intense and it definitely made it feel scarier than what the album version was like though. Cause at the end of the song, I was like, man, that was beautiful, but I'm still kind of, I'm a little freaked out here. So, cause at one point you just see eyes, like it just, this, like the entire stage would get dark and you just see eyes and you see a light on Simon, and you're like, Oh, that's really <laughs> spooky, but okay guys.
0: <laughs> so any other songs that stood out from that show? last one
1: Mm, planet earth was definitely a surprise because they didn't play it the second time that i was there so i was kind of bummed out the second time they didn't play it but this time here it was beautiful it was just good old-fashioned what i wanted to hear and
0: they did not put the bowie song in it did they
1: they didn't it was just the the regular uh album version of it uh i don't want your love was a little different i think the opening they had some technical difficulties with it because (laughs) like i don't know if it's just the way that dom's guitar sounded or what but it just it sounded like the beginning just sounded kind of weird like something was off and like the with their instruments did they start over they didn't they just kept on
0: going they have been known to do that from time to time (laughs) um all right so the show happens now what we all want to know is how did you meet dom everybody saw the picture i'm sure
1: yeah that that was fun so um we after the show we all met up at the chandelier which is a bar literally uh, right below where the theater is that they played in and that's just a popular meetup point because you can see it, and everyone got there to drink and see what we are going to do next. And someone's like, hey, let's go down to uh, – I believe the bar was called The Click. So we went down there, and you know, we're walking around just kind of seeing who's all there. And I was the first so – I saw uh, Aaron. Aaron Stevenson was there. I was like, oh, my God, that that's Aaron. Cool. And then someone said Simon. And, of course, everyone, if you say that you saw Simon <laughs> – everyone's gonna stop and freak out like one lady dropped her phone he's like oh simon's where where is he like it's simon williscroft i was like "Oh, okay cool
0: cool cool." (laughs) oh he's cool too
1: yeah i mean he's awesome (laughs) but i mean he wasn't this the simon we were looking for and then we saw anna and then everyone uh, we saw dom and we just kind of flocked over to dom and i felt bad because i didn't i don't want to be one of those guys like hey let's take a picture bro i just i felt really bad about that
0: how many people were roughly like around them do you think
1: there was a lot like it was so much to the point where we almost got thrown out of the bar because everyone was just kind of crap because they were near like the front of the bar where there were some couches there was just a group of us
0: so they just came down to hang out and have some drinks afterwards basically pretty much okay all right so before we get into some twitter questions anything else Uh, that you want to share with us from the show that we don't know about
1: well going back to the dom story dom actually asked me to take a picture with him that was that that was a that was a weird one because at first I just shook his hand. I was like, "Yeah, you're, I, I love you. You're one hell of a guitar player. I'm cool with that." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, thanks, man. You want a picture or something?" I was like, "No, no, no, it's fine." He's like, "No, come on, man, let's go." And he put his arm around me and said, like, "Hey, get your phone out. Let's go. Let's take a picture." I was like, "Really? You want to take a picture with me?" He's like, "Yeah, come on. Like, cool.
0: <laughs> no complaints." Um, was he drunk?
1: <laughs> uh, there was definitely some alcohol okay. that
0: I that I could smell. Not <laughs> that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Okay, so I got um, some questions from people on Twitter. First question: What's your experience been like being a male fan of Duran Duran, especially in the early days? And what I want to know about this is: Is there a difference between being just a guy fan mm-hmm. or being a young fan? Which one seems to be more odd in your world?
1: I think the 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 being a young fan is where it gets so. Being a guy
0: isn't that like because when I was young i was the weirdo being a guy fan of duran but mm-hmm. just being younger is weirder to you i feel like
1: back then since duran was known for being popular amongst the girls it, it would have been different for a guy to be a fan of him but being like in today's world you know with all the music that's out there and all everything that my the kids my age are listening to like when i go to parties I'm like oh mike what you listen to I was like oh, i like duran duran <laughs> And Depeche Mode and Culture Club and all these guys—like, who, who the hell are so these? So it's guys? not
0: whether you're a guy or a girl; it's just you're weird just, for liking old people's music. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Another one is uh, my question for Mike is: What are his expectations for the new era? Um, what do you, do you have expectations for what's coming up? Do you think about what might be coming musically or tour-wise? As far
1: as the music goes, I, I just want it to be kind of sort of like paper gods because paper gods was beautiful for me i mean it had that it was definitely it was very gothic it was but it was still funky in a sense you know you could still dance to and have fun but it still kind of had that gothic stuff that i really like so i just kind of hope that like the future music just kind of it doesn't sound just like paper gods like i don't want paper gods part two i just want something that's got i
0: don't think they've ever done anything part two except Mm, maybe rio and all you need is now yeah i was gonna say except for something but maybe i won't mention it but you did so that's fine yeah um (laughs) And that's another thing we might talk about is, um, real quick, they brought back something from Red Carpet Massacre, not a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. All You Need Is Now has been ignored now since 2012. Do you have any theories on why that might be?
1: Um, I don't know much more so about theories. I just I was definitely surprised that they didn't play it at all on this particular leg like, of shows. Because I know that this isn't part of any tour it's not part of the paper gods tour it's not part of any previous or this is just them playing music you know, like music songs right. that they've done before
0: so for some reason for right now they like at least one song from red Carpet massacre more than something else from all i need is now which mm-hmm. to most durianis would be quite a surprise mm-hmm. here's a good question um <laughs> this one says question for mikey big thong guy <laughs> if i remember right you discovered duran later in their career I'm interested in your first impressions of the early albums, having heard them such a long way from when they first came out. Did they sound like old music? Did they, I had someone who listened to a few of their first albums, and he said Rio sounded like it was old music, but Seven and the Ragged Tiger just sounded like music. So what did you think of the early stuff when you first heard it?
1: I know some of it did sound a little too 80s for my liking. Like, I think the biggest one was the reflex. I just could not get past the remix the like single the, version yeah i just could not get past like the the, the chorus really it's just something about it. i was like you know this is a little too this is a little <laughs> too cheesy for my liking i'm not sure how i however feel now this. however now i, I worship okay, it. if good, i hear it in the good. store i i will dance like, okay, it's good. just a given
0: <laughs> um all right so another one as a younger fan of duran did when you found out about how they were viewed back in the day Versus the obvious quality of their music. Did mm-hmm. that make sense to you? Did that. Because now they're semi respected. Back right. then, they were not respected. Mm-hmm. Is that weird to think about? Or do you go, okay, yeah, I understand that?
1: I mean, it, it frustrates me a little bit. Because I remember when I first heard. Uh, or not when I first heard, after I've already. Once I gotten to appreciate the band. And I remember I was listening to. I think it was Planet Earth. Or one of the older songs they'd done. I was going back and I was reading a bunch of like earlier reviews and stuff. And I remember one review in particular. I know it's one they've mentioned before. Is like they said that the band wouldn't make it past their first album or their second album, or whatever it was. And I was like, "This is a, this is this is genius! How how can you right. listen to this and just think it's garbage or it's 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 one hit wonder type stuff?" You right. Know? Which I've always hated that phrase, but like I just I never got that, and I still don't get it to this day.
0: Yeah, we are all still trying to figure that out. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and here's one of my favorite questions that we got from Twitter. What? Oh, by the way, if you don't know it. Um, he is a huge fan of spider-man so here's where this comes from what do you think is peter parker's favorite duran duran song
1: that is a damn good question actually <laughs> um there's actually a game that came out a while ago that had a spider-man reference and a duran duran reference in like one character's line of dialogue and that song was i mean it was hunger like the wolf but every now and then when I, when I listen to Hungry Like the Wolf I just think of that game so I want I to say Hungry Like the Wolf would be his favorite so especially would, now Would
0: is Peter Parker a dork would you say yes like, okay so yeah mm-hmm. he's okay so he's like all of us were in high school Pretty basically. Much. <laughs> now the other end of that question is what would Spider-Man's favorite Duran Duran song be Ooh, see that is a good question
1: um, well I'm gonna go with one of the earlier versions of Spider-Man where he was more so about saving the world and being serious not like the funny you know dorky uh, Spider-Man that we have now, but I would say Ordinary World would be his favorite.
0: So Spider-Man is moody, Peter Parker is dorky.
1: Earlier Spider-Man was moody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what
0: about now, Spider-Man? Would he like danceophobia or something?
1: Honestly, he would, <laughs> especially if it was like from uh, from Spider-Man Three when he was doing that weird dance. It would totally be danceophobia okay. or bedroom toys even.
0: And another question from Twitter is uh, what is the song that makes you want to dance the most how could you ever possibly choose that from Duran Duran but
1: oh there are so many good ones to choose from I know uh, off the bat just coming off this last show Tempted was was a big one like I mean I was already dancing as it was but "Tempted," I just lost my mind I was just like yes like this is my song let's do it
0: <laughs> let's say you're in a club I don't know maybe ooh Amsterdam in Atlanta at maybe I don't know um Atlanta Roaring Three what song would you want to hear the most there in an actual club
1: I think, uh, to throw it back to the last time I was in Amsterdam, I think All She Once Is yes. was definitely... That surprised the hell out of me when I heard it in that club the first time. I was like, this sounds
0: beautiful. And I you finally it. heard it where it was meant to be played, exactly. basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, uh, for myself, not from Twitter. How does your experience of being a fan of their band of the band differ now that you've seen them live versus before you had seen them? Does it feel different? There are lots of fans who maybe have not seen them live in a very long time, or maybe even at all. There's many people I talk to that I can't believe. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see them. So obviously it doesn't make you a better fan if mm-hmm. you have seen them. Yeah. But it makes things different, maybe. So what do you think about that? You as a fan before you've seen them versus after?
1: I feel like after, that, I now that I've seen them live, especially as I've seen them so close, I can see like how they are. It kind of gives me like... Like I know the band person, like not personally, but I know a little bit more about them.
0: I remember always thinking, I'm in the same building with them. I'm literally breathing the air that they're breathing, and that makes you feel a little bit different.
1: I get to the point where if they're even on the same coastline, I'm like, oh my god, I'm on I'm on the East Coast with they're eight and a half hours away from me right now.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna finish off with a series or a few questions for you from um, myself. First question is this is they're Duran related, but just music related. What is your first memory of music from anyone? From music? Did you find it via your family members, radio, TV, movies, what?
1: Uh, Well, my first exposure to music was Michael Jackson, actually, because... When I was growing up, I could only listen to Michael Jackson or Bob Marley because those are the our artists that my family felt was safe. Um, <laughs> I remember there's actually a picture of me when I was like three or four, and I'm 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 dancing to I think it was Bad or Thriller. It was some uh, early song, but I just it was there. So wait, that, a photo
0: of you? An actual You're picture? You're gonna have to find this. You yeah, I just, right?
1: I, as soon as I said it, I was like, "Damn it! They're gonna
0: <laughs> they're gonna want to see that." So, so everyone on Twitter, please tweet him, and we're going to need to see that picture. <laughs> Okay, so um, what is your first memory of Duran Duran's music? Not even necessarily that you found on your own. First thing you remember of them?
1: Uh, well, my dad actually bought the greatest CD that came out. He bought it the day we went to this weird, like, uh, aquatic reserve, I think. And he would only play "Come Undone" from that album, which I never, which I, I still won't forgive him for because there's just every other song on that album is just, just yes. But that was probably the first song that I'd ever heard. It was just "Come Undone." So your
0: dad chose "Come Undone." Over Wild Boys or Hungry Like the Wolf. He's or... actually upgraded
1: though. He he plays ordinary. Not world. that there's anything wrong with that. That's yeah. just a very
0: interesting choice for a quote dad to make.
1: Yeah, I mean he plays ordinary role in View to a kill now. So <laughs> there's that.
0: Uh, and there are photos of you dancing to that somewhere. Maybe we'll see. Maybe now, actually. <laughs> okay. So another question is: What is your who? I'm sorry. Who is your rock in life? Who's the person who you rely on the most? Hmm. We're talking, like, real life? Real life. Real life. Damn. Um,
1: I guess you could pick anyone in my family, really. I mean, everyone in my family. Mean-
0: <laughs> we won't make you commit in case they hear this, but we'll say family, basically. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, who do you think is Duran Duran's rock? Who's the one that holds it together, that most of them rely on?
1: Like, in the band right mm-hmm. now?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, or for their whole entire career? Mm-hmm. All of Duran's life, who is their, quote, rock?
1: I'd say as far as like the band goes now, I'd say Nick probably since he's been there since like literally the beginning. But uh, yeah, yeah, just Nick really.
0: Okay. And um, what do you believe is Duran Duran's single most important moment? It could be a single, an album, a first thing that they did, a rebirth, single most important moment in their career.
1: Uh, Probably the arena tour. Cause I think that's the one that kind of solidified them as, legends well i guess not at that time because at the time people didn't like him that much but now like when we talk about duran we think of like the hair we think of the dancing from that time in particular so yeah the
0: and there great. are literally still quotes we all say in concert from those shows mm-hmm. um, planet earth and girls on film have those all right so then do you have a moment you would consider an important moment with the band a song a connection a live moment not with other people, but just with you and the band, whether it be live or on album or CD?
1: Well, for me in particular, I think the opening of Paper Gods always gets me
0: because- Live or on album even before? Live even.
1: Only because when I first, like the day, I remember this specifically, the day that I liked the band on Facebook was the day that they announced that they were working on Paper Gods. So every day I was able to see, I was actually able to follow an artist as they were making an album, like follow them like from the inception of the album to the day it's in stores, to right up until concert day when I'm standing in line and having them scan my ticket. So every time I hear it, I just get like, it just gets
0: emotional for me. Do you think that's the first artist that you ever did that with, where you like them literally and figuratively and got to follow the creation of something like that?
1: Pretty much. Because the only other artist I've ever seen in concert besides um, Duran was Taylor Swift. And I mean, that's just. <laughs> Not one of my proudest moments, but I mean, I don't love her <laughs> as much as I do the guys, obviously, but I mean, it's it's good fun.
0: I didn't mean know? to laugh. I've seen Britney Spears, so who, who can talk? All right, do you have a single moment in a Duran Duran song that is your favorite? It could be one sound that has made, a lyric, anything at all. I'll tell you mine after you tell me yours.
1: Uh, Well, it's definitely going to be from Only in Dreams, which is probably my favorite song. just Not only that they've done, but just ever. it's just really beautiful for me but there's this moment it's right before the end When he's saying you know like i don't want to wake up but then it's the way he says i'm not gonna wake up it's like he just i don't know if he yells it or something but that's one of my favorites and another one that ties for that is from sin of the city the last like 30 40 seconds when he's like stop killing your people or stop losing your people just both of those moments just
0: hit me and if i was allowed to i would play those moments for you now but i can't or else i would be sued (laughs) um for me one of them is in the 12 inch single for the reflex which another quick story from me I bought the 12-inch single, which, what is it, six or seven minutes long? Mm -hmm. I used to mow the yard with the riding lawnmower, and I made an entire front and back 90-minute tape to listen to while I mowed the yard of just the reflex, the dance mix, over and over and over and over again, and I never got tired of it. And it's that one part in the middle where it's, I don't even know what the sound is. I'll find out the minutes it, it appears and tell you guys later, but the middle part of the reflex still can't get enough of it these days all right so which member of the band past present anything do you admire the most
1: um well i think everyone who follows me probably knows the answer but si- <laughs> simon is is definitely like he's he's above spider-man for me whoa so that should kind of okay. tell you all just what that is but i don't know it's just that i don't it's just the way he he writes his music and just the way he carries himself i just i really admire
0: that so what member of the band do you think is actually the most like you though
1: definitely roger roger just seems really quiet and kind of like not necessarily out of it but he just seems kind of quiet into himself and everyone who saw me in vegas recently pointed that i like oh michael you're so quiet I'm like yeah well you know i'm, I'm here so <laughs> i'll drink with you guys i promise
0: but i'm just gonna be pretty quiet okay who have you given Duran Duran to? who have you shared them with because i know for me quote back in the day it was rather brave of me to go hey listen to this band because it wasn't cool for guys to like them mm-hmm. but who have you given them to uh
1: well i don't really share duran too much because for me that's a really personal thing because i don't want to like get too close to that person and i share it and then they end up being oh. mean and then because i have to hear the music I'm like, oh crap they like this but yeah. um there was a good friend of mine um who actually she brought me here um i actually not only have i shown her some of the memes but i actually got her a shirt which i have never bought Duran's of everyone but myself i just can't part with it you know <laughs> um but she but likes has she worn it yet Uh, Well, I actually had to order it because they didn't have Uh, it at the at the show. But uh, fun fact, actually, so she likes Pressure Off. So one day she came uh, to my house to pick me up, and she was playing Pressure Off in the car.
0: Isn't it so such a proud moment when they play it without you?
1: I know. Like as soon as I (laughs) I was like, because I walked out to the car and I heard the bass line. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of like Pressure Off. And I opened the door and I was like, oh my god, she's playing Pressure (laughs) Off. This is amazing.
0: So okay, so that is who have you given Duran Duran to? Here's a big one. What has Duran Duran given to you?
1: Mm, that is a good question. Um, they've given me a sense of happiness now. I think, cause when I first got into the band, I, I was kind of, I wasn't depressed, but I was just kind of bored. I mean, all my friends had gone off to college and I was just kind of stuck at home working and not really having much to do. Um, so their music was fun. And it was like, I listened to a lot of, uh, the, like the, the Rio album and Ragged Tiger and all that, which was probably their happiest. Like there was, it was really cheerful and happy and vibrant stuff that I
0: really liked and needed at the time. So you should not listen to notorious or Medazzaland when you're in that mood or Arcadia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I want to end this with another playlist challenge. This is being sprung on him. He does not know. I'm going to ask him this. Last time it was give me, you know, a 80s band or, some, you know, whatever the criteria was. This time, give me three Duran Duran songs that you have to hear live before you die. Whether you really think it's a actual possibility or not, go. Mm-hmm. No thinking. One, two, three, go.
1: Is There Something I Should Know, All You Need Is Now, and what's another one? Wild Boys. Which, not- is, I mean, even though Wild Boys have been played before, but just that... That is one hell of a song to hear live.
0: Not only in dreams, you just said it was well, your only favorite in Dream- song. Only in
1: dreams is pretty sure, but it's not the, it's not it's not definitive. Duran, I should say. Okay. So. Or
0: are you afraid to hear your favorite song live because it might not live up to your expectations?
1: Probably that, because okay. there are there are some high notes in that one. Like uh, Simon, I mean, mm. you're you're one hell of a singer, but I mean, <laughs> you're getting kind of old. So
0: who knows. <laughs> Uh-oh, I hope Simon's not listening. Um, all right, so I want to thank Michael for being here. I want to let him finish off with whatever he'd like to say to all of you.
1: So uh, just before I go, I wanted to explain the origin of the Big Thong uh, <laughs> alias. Because a lot of people, they ask me, like, oh, Michael, where does that come from? Or why are you? Why is every time Big Thing is mentioned, your name just comes up? So um, I was at work at the time. And uh, somebody had posted about Big Life Thing, about selling the show for, like, the DVD of the show for something. And I tweeted, I was like, oh my god, I love Big Life Thing, it's my favorite show ever. And I typed it in a rush, because I was busy at work and I was trying to get back um, before I got in trouble. So I tweeted it, and I left, and my phone was blowing up the entire time. And I didn't know what for. And
0: I'm sure I had nothing to do with that.
1: Probably. Um, so I, I got done. I checked my phone. I see a bunch of like la- like gifts of people laughing at my direction. I was like, oh, what the hell is this all about? And then I look at it and I was like, oh, I said I love Big Life Thong instead. <laughs> Oh boy, and then I did it again after that too. So it's just you've
0: you've done many things, a whole lot.
1: I've done a lot of typos, and now it's just it's just synonymous with me. Just like anytime they see big thing, like oh Michael, how do you spell this? Like oh damn it.
0: And I'd like everyone to know that uh, the day that that happened was uh, September 27th, uh, which is National Big I mean actually International I'm sorry Big Thong Day. So put that on your calendars. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe T-shirts one day or something. So. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and share the podcast here on Twitter. Send any extra questions or thoughts you have to myself and Michael Notoriosaurus on Twitter. And remember your uh, D side playlist challenge this time is send me via Spotify or YouTube playlist three tracks that you have to hear live from Duran Duran. Not necessarily ones you play for the rest of the world, but ones that you're dying for. And I'll go ahead and tell you mine before I post the playlist. My three, Shadows on Your Side. I have not heard that, they have played it live. I Believe All I Need to Know. Of course, they'll never play that live, but why not dream? And the final one is Planet Roaring. Uh, They will probably never play that one live either, but hey, dream big, right? So once again, thanks to everyone listening. I hope everyone had a good time. I thought this was super fun. And I will see you all on the D side.